It's just been the longest 19 months ever, hasn't it? On this Sunday one year ago, we weren't even meeting together in person at the time, but we just had to read the names. We knew we had to do at least that. So at some time in the afternoon, my memory is four o'clock, we ran a long cord out to the columbarium from inside the sanctuary to try and solidify our Wi-Fi connection out there. We set up a tripod and rigged it with rubber bands to stay, so that the phone would stay in the horizontal position for optimal viewing pleasure. You see, by this point in the pandemic, eight months in, we were kind of getting the hang of virtual church, except, of course, when it didn't work. And those were the times we wanted to run screaming into the night. We donned our robes and stoles, and we grabbed a copy of the insert from 2019, and we added the few 2020 names to it. And Russ and I stood alone in the columbarium on that All Saints Sunday afternoon and read the names into a telephone's video feature that was sent out on Facebook Live. And then we sang, It Is Well With My Soul all by ourselves. Many of you tuned in, either live or later. We had had no funerals, though we had endured deaths. So all we could do was read the names as we stared into a phone camera instead of looking into the eyes of family members of those whose names we were calling out. It has been such a lonely and isolating time. It's been a difficult time. There is an emotional toll that has been taken that we don't even know how to measure yet, nor do we know the full extent of the impact. Trust me when I tell you, it is and will be a significant detrimental impact as we recover from these pandemic days, especially in the ways that we grieve. The passage that I read for you happens to be a little bit difficult to translate. That's why I ask you to remember that phrase. As it turns out, what is worded here as greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved might also be better translated as angry or agitated. And some scholars think that the translators chose a path of sympathy over indignation. And maybe that was the smartest path, given that the next verse is Jesus wept. So maybe he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved and weeping, or maybe he was mad that Lazarus had died. That would make sense if we understand Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's Kubler stages of grief. We flow in and out of denial and anger and bargaining and depression, hoping to get to some sense of acceptance. You know those stages, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. 
So I can't help but wonder if one reason it's hard to know how to translate this passage is because we don't know how to interpret a sad Jesus. It's difficult for us to understand an unhappy Jesus. We don't know what to do with a miserable, grief-stricken Jesus. We need for our Jesus to be happy-go-lucky, or at least full of righteous indignation. But a Jesus that stands with the mourners and just cries with them? Hmm. That Jesus doesn't make us feel better. That Jesus isn't fixing anything. And there's nothing we want more in this world than to feel better and for things to be fixed. But some things can't be fixed. Some things we simply have to live through them. The story for today of the healing of Lazarus tricks us into thinking that Jesus does magically step in and fix a terrible situation. I mean, Lazarus does walk out of that grave with his death clothes still clinging to his tired-from-being-dead body. But let us not forget, Lazarus doesn't live forever. Don't let the quick fix of this story fool you into thinking there's no need to cry. No. This is the story where Jesus stands with the mourners and weeps right along with them, showing us for all time, maybe especially pandemic time, that sometimes the only thing we can do is cry. It's exhausting to stand with the mourners. We don't know what to say, and so we often say nothing, fearing that what we will say will be the wrong things. Or sometimes we too quickly try to make things better. Let us remember that the only thing more exhausting than standing with the mourners is being one of the mourners. The only thing more tiring than weeping with those who weep is being one of the ones weeping. Jesus stood among the mourners. He stood alongside the crying ones and he just wept with them. I know we want to rush to the good part. I know we want to get to Lazarus raised from the dead, but sometime later in details we do not know, Lazarus still dies. And just like all of us for today, I just want to stay in the place where Jesus begins to weep. I've had a heaviness accompanying this All Saints Sunday that I've not known before. I think it's because people have died and we didn't get to have a funeral. There was no celebration of their lives, no public forum to mourn their death and give thanks that our path crossed theirs in the first place. 
Our rituals have been stripped away and altered in such a way that we didn't get to stand with the mourners. Today's always a day that I catch myself smiling at memories that come flooding back to me just upon hearing the mention of someone's name said out loud. But I'm thinking today it's more likely that tears may be closer to the surface that accompany those smiles that will still come. Because in preparing for today, I couldn't get past a weeping Jesus. There are times for positive spins. There are times for silver linings. There are times for remembering what was good and holding on to that. There are times when laughter abounds. But today, after 19 months of pandemic living and 19 months of pandemic dying, and 19 months of pandemic angst and pandemic fear and pandemic isolation and pandemic quarantine and pandemic everything. I have been greatly helped by a Jesus that began to weep. A crying Jesus is what I have needed this week. Because that image helps me to understand the very human things that we are all feeling. Tired and weary and emotional and weepy and blue and frustrated and angry and lost and lonely and afraid. Today, in what is only beginning to feel like the very early beginnings of a somewhat post-pandemic world. Did I get enough qualifiers in there? It's only beginning to feel like the very early beginnings of a somewhat post-pandemic world. I need a Jesus that is weeping while he is standing with the mourners. I've actually watched a good many people take their last breath, including my own mother. I've been with lots of folks in the process of dying. But I've only spoken honestly and clearly with one person who was actually dying and completely coherent. She knew she was dying. I knew she was dying. And there was nothing but honesty in the conversation. And I got all the things you would want to say. I got to say all the things you would want to say. And I got to hear all the things you would want to hear. COVID had kept us apart. Her time was very short. I called her and she picked up the phone in her ICU room. And we said our thank yous to one another. And we said our goodbyes. And a few hours later, she died with her family at her side. No funeral. The family couldn't bear to gather in COVID when she had died of COVID. And I didn't get to tell all my stories. I didn't get to give a eulogy, which is literally a good word. And she needs a good word. It feels like we've been robbed of these kinds of healing moments. 
And then this morning at 6.30 a.m., my phone rings. And a crying sister blurted out, he died just now. Grant is gone. I was with him. What do I do now? On All Saints Sunday. We met her at her parents' house just a couple of hours ago. And we cried with them all because I understand about a weeping Jesus that stands with the mourners. I went back through some of 20 plus years of All Saints Sunday sermons. It's interesting how different each one has been. And for the first time ever, I was so tempted to just take that one from 2009, which was pretty good. The one from 2011 wasn't bad. And just plop it into today because I'm tired. But then this kind of wrote itself because pandemic grief is different than any grief I've ever known. This one feels different, heavier, more profound, more intense, more needed than ever. A chance to call the names of those who have died. A moment to stand together in our grief and in our mourning alongside a weeping Jesus who really, really gets us. Our pain, our sadness, our burdens. I can see in this story that he really gets that. There will be brighter days. There will be silver linings. There will be goodness that abounds and joy. There will be joy and hope and peace and love as well. Yes, all of these things will be. But I'm glad for today to just have a weeping Jesus that stands with us in our morning. May we learn how to be like him. May it be so. Amen.